Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very, very accomplished individual from Chicago, USA, Mr. Robert Jordan. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ash. I'm honored to be with you. Thank you. Uh, Robert is the Chief Executive Officer of Interim Execs, and he's an author. And all of you know, I'm very partial to authors. He's an author of two books, Right Leader, Right Time, Discover Your Leadership Style for a Winning Career and Company. And the second one is How They Did It, Billion Dollar Insights from the Heart of America. And we will speak about his books. So Robert, before we speak about Interim Execs and your books, tell me a little bit about your own journey in brief. My journey is uh, highly entrepreneurial, Ash. Mm -hmm. I, I was uh, in the business school, graduate school in the U.S., was a little bored and dropped out to launch what became the first magazine in the world that covered online services and internet. Wow. I did that for a number of years and sold it to a big publisher. The uh, the, the, the more full story about that is any mistake you can make in business, I made it. <laughs> okay. and, uh, and, and I guess in the end, lived to tell about it. Mm. In the end, of course, because the internet exploded after the creation of the World Wide Web, I could do hmm. no wrong. And so the growth was very fast. It put me on the Inc. 500 list, which was uh, fastest growing companies in the US. Okay. So I did that. And then uh, afterward was kind of casting around for what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the uh, Zen expression, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. uh, fortuitously, I met someone in the U.S. and he had this very weird job title. Mm -hmm. He was an interim CEO. Okay. And and that I didn't understand what that was, but then he handed me a his new business card. He always mm -hmm. had different business cards, and he handed me a new card that said CEO of Yahoo. Mm -hmm. This was at the start of the Amazing. internet revolution, mm -hmm. and and because I was in the industry, we knew Yahoo going public on zero revenue, not zero earnings, but zero revenue was revolutionary. And, and I basically said, uh, I said to uh, this guy, I said, you're now my mentor and this is what I'm going to do. I'm mm. going to be like you, mm. be an interim CEO. And so that started me on a new career. And when social networks came around, Facebook and MySpace and LinkedIn, mm. Mm. Uh, I started, we started wondering how many people in the world had this kind of weird job calling of wanting to be an interim CFO or CEO mm. or CIO. Mm. And so we formed an organization called Interim Execs, mm. which became a global, a matchmaker around the world mm. between organizations and executives who were choosing their new careers to be project-based. Fascinating, fascinating. So tell me a little bit more, you know, how do you determine which set of executives you want to bring on board into interim execs uh, and how do you match make them? It's a great question. In the past decade, we've been approached by about 7,000 executives from 50 countries. Mm -hmm. And that will cause you to become more systemic more process oriented. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we developed ranking and scoring and screening. And uh, in, in, in that was, was very 
uh, that was a learning experience for us mm -hmm. because when you are separating out the majority mm -hmm. from the top one or two or three percent, mm -hmm. there are remarkable differences. Mm -hmm. And that's what led us to do uh, the book, Right Leader, Right Time, which I know we're going to talk about because mm -hmm. uh, the, the majority of executives showing up, you know, Ash, they, they, they were having career journeys that you and I would describe as okay or good, but mm -hmm. not great. Mm -hmm. And and the flip side of that was the top one, two, three percent. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh, these are exceptional, extraordinary leaders mm -hmm. who were just crushing it. I mean, they were they were causing remarkable results in the world, and there was mm -hmm. a vast difference. And you know, I know you're driven by mission uh, in terms of of your show that you mm -hmm. want to have impact with young people. Hmm. early in their careers and that that was the exact same drive for us wow with the book which was a bit of a cautionary note <laughs> that we had seen from the majority of these leaders where it wasn't so great and, and that there were lessons for people earlier on in their careers hmm. fascinating and for my viewers and listeners could you give me an example without names of course of some individuals who you match and how they made a difference in a company uh, sure. So around a third of the time organizations showing up are in flat out crisis. Hmm. There, there's something going dramatically wrong and uh, they need help. It generally is that there is some absence of, of leadership at the top. Hmm. And um, we can name names. Uh, Absolutely. In a lot of cases, yep. clients uh, uh, give us permission. So, for example, there's a family in the US and they grow most of the grapes mm -hmm. that people eat, not grapes for making wine, mm -hmm. but what are called mm -hmm. table grapes. And they had a packaging company to ship the grapes around the US mm -hmm. and the company had failed. The equipment, mm -hmm. the equipment had broken down. They'd had to fire 150 workers. Mysteriously, the former executive had left mm -hmm. uh, and there were losses no one could explain. Mm -hmm. So they were in, they were in bad shape. Hmm. And uh, we had, uh, you know, among all these executives, a remarkable CEO who had accomplished a number of turnarounds. Hmm. And within about eight weeks, he had gotten the equipment back in good shape. He had hmm. rehired the 150 people. Mm -hmm. uh, he had convinced their customers to come back. It was nothing short of extraordinary. And so this family, you know, was very grateful that that uh, there was that kind of resource at hand. Mm. They didn't have to go through some long permanent search mm. to to find a permanent executive. There was an instantly available, uh, wonderful CEO mm. who wanted to do this as a project and didn't need to stay there the rest of his career. Wow. Great example. Thank you. And, you know, when I was reading about you, uh, Robert, your uh, there is a process which you call your RED, which is your Rapid Executive Deployment Program. Tell me a little bit more about your uh, RED program. Yes, RED Team. So RED Team was the designation we gave to this top 1% and 2% hmm. of CEOs and CFOs and CIOs, these, these leaders we were seeing hmm. and, and continue to see every day uh, that these are extraordinary leaders producing remarkable results. Okay. So for example, you know, somebody, somebody shows up 
and they were at a division of a company and they took their division from 100 million hmm. in sales to 500 million in four years. That's hmm. a remarkable result. Hmm. Or for example, someone who could save a company and save hundreds or thousands of jobs. Hmm. And, and that for us would qualify as extraordinary. Hmm. What we tended to see more, what we did not qualify for Red Team would be individuals where, you know, they might've been in a company five, 10 years. And mm. They don't really have much to point to in terms of what actually happened on their watch. They were there, nothing perhaps blew up, mm. but nothing went particularly right. Mm. And, and that was more into this category of, of uh, what was mediocre. Fascinating. And uh, when you, you know, deploy a red team, is it that you've got an interim CEO, an interim CFO, an interim CHRO, an interim uh, CMO and so on? Or is it just as the need is, uh, you know, need arises for every organization? Just as the need arises in an organization. Hmm. An organization may need a CFO, uh, it could be a CEO. Sometimes it's a full team. Okay. If a large company, for example, is going through a recapitalization or a spinoff, mm. a spinoff in particular, you know, in the news these days, Ash, there are a lot of corporations spinning off divisions. Correct. And in a lot of cases, there is no management team going with it. Mm. Those executives are staying with the parent company. And so who's going to who, who's going to run the show? Who's going to keep the lights on the first day that it is a separate company? That's mm. a great uh, use case mm. for what, if you could call this project interim fractional executives. Mm. Um, this is now a career calling around the world. Correct. It's not going away. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, you know, yeah. at a much, much uh, more junior level is the gig economy where people yeah. are just doing everything. I think you're doing something absolutely incredible. But one more question I have, and that is that, you know, when you send in a, a, your red team or some members of the red team, they basically have two tasks. One is to put out the fires and, and get the company back again on track. But the second is also to groom a set of new leaders who they can hand over to. What is the process you followed to groom and how long? do you take to be able to hand over? Well, that's a great question. And you are right. In many cases, the that, that project-based or interim executive is responsible for the next permanent hire. Mm. That can be recruiting from the outside. Mm. And there could easily be a an executive recruitment firm mm. that has been hired to go do that. And so the executive or team is working with them mm. to accomplish that. And in a lot of places around the world, it's necessary because it is not easy to find the right permanent person Correct. for the, the The other thing though, is mentoring to get someone who's younger in the organization up to speed. Hmm. And there you see all flavors of, of, I guess in a way you could call it player coach, hmm. right? Because in many sports, you just have the coach, the coach is right. on the sidelines hmm. and that's it. Uh, interim in a way is player coach, which is there is partially an active role mm. and active meaning making decisions, mm. not just being a consultant on the sidelines, but but being empowered 
by the board of directors or the management team to make decisions. Hmm. And at the same point, this coaching role to be looking at the next generation of people hmm. who are already there in their roles and they're just not matured enough in their leadership. Hmm. And, and so you see a lot of technique around what it is to help that person get more experience and more confidence. Hmm. Very interesting. So Robert, let's now talk about your book, Right Leader, Right Time, Discover Your Leadership Style for a Winning Career in Company. But before I ask you about the book, I'm assuming it's available on Amazon. Yes, all, all the usual places. Okay, so I'm going to ask all our viewers and listeners to go and check out Robert Jordan's book, Right Leader, Right Time, Discover Your Leadership Style for a Winning Career in Company, and I'm going to go and check it out myself as well. So now tell me about your book and what was your hypothesis when you wrote it? So, Ash, uh, the, as, as I was saying before, the, the disturbing thing was that the majority of executives showing up from 50 countries their, their career journeys were okay, but not great. Mm -hmm. And if you could sum it up in one, in, in one reason, it would be trying to be all things to all people. Right. And, and, you know, for all of us, you know, if your friend's describing, for example, their career, and you think that that's the way it's going, if you said that to them, mm -hmm. most people are just going to be in denial. Like, no, 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 it's not that way, mm -hmm. but it's not focused. The, the opposite of that is when you look at exceptional, extraordinary leaders, mm. they're incredibly focused and their career path and their journey is something that you can clearly see. Mm. Now, this is easy to say in your own career, it's very hard to do mm. uh, because in the beginning, you need the job, you need the money. Mm. Your, your family is like, listen, you've got to succeed here, right? You're not in any position to, to think more deeply in the beginning about, gee, how am I going to focus mm. for my most successful career? Mm. But what we have observed is that over time, exceptional leaders tend to reject more mm. of what is not for their highest and best use. Mm -hmm. And that is something that, that takes your career journey and that is something you can only accomplish over time, mm. uh, kind of step by step. And I'd be curious because you were incredibly accomplished, Ash, both in your corporate career and now, uh, and now with your program. Mm -hmm. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely, absolutely. You, you know, you're so right uh, about leadership. And but I want to keep on talking to you about about your book. Uh, so my next question is: uh, Tell me about your Fabs, if I have the term right, leadership assessment program. Yes, so that among these exceptional leaders, the one of the key things we observed was that there are four leadership styles mm. that caused that helped cause them to be excellent. We coined this phrase leadership style to refer to a person's approach and system and process. Mm. And if those are new words for your listeners in terms of what do you mean with leadership? Mm. Well, you can see this in successful leaders. So let me give you an example. Mm. We, we shorthand do call it FABS. Mm. FAB stands for fixer, artist, builder, strategist. Ah, wonderful. Fixer, artist, builder, strategist. Yeah. So fixer is the energy. It is the, it is the kind of leader that has mm. to run into the burning building. Correct. Time after time. They love saving organizations. Mm. Now, as you and I are recording this, Ash, 
Yeah. In the world, something has happened called the failure of FTX, Correct. crypto platform that affected millions of people around the world. Hmm. When FTX failed, a court appointed a new CEO named John Ray, hmm. who it, it would not be a surprise to learn that prior to FTX, hmm. he was at Enron, which okay. was a major blow up yep. before that. And so that CEO, John Ray, is what we would call a fixer. He is completely mm. wired to run into the burning building time after time. And that's where he gets his energy. Mm. So, so to be clear with your listeners, we're not trying to pigeonhole anyone to say mm. they're just one of these things. Mm. All leaders bring all of their capabilities to bear mm. to cause their best performance. Mm. What we are saying is that over time, exceptional leaders tend to exhibit a dominant style or a dominant in the secondary style. Mm -hmm. So for example, I because I've, I've run a company for a long time, I have to solve problems every day. Correct. But I don't get my energy off of that. Mm -hmm. It's not like every day when there's, if there's a problem, it's like, oh, goody, I get to do this. Mm -hmm. That's not it. But mm -hmm. with a fixer, it is. And with a fixer, once they have solved that that major problem issue, whatever it is, it takes mm. a year, two years. Mm. Now FTX is going to take a generation, mm. but mm. but you know, with a with a fixer, when that problem is solved, they need to move to a oh, new wow. problem. Mm. Very interesting. Got a new problem for them. They cannot go back to a mm. steady state, maintenance mode kind of role. Mm. Fascinating, and you know, since you've been working with leaders and have been studying leadership for such a long time. What are some of the key changing trends you have seen in leadership over the years? Well, uh, you know, a little earlier, you referred to gig economy. Mm. And this is a major change in the world that, you know, we all now see. And, mm. and this is now completely invaded the C-suite. Mm. And so the sense of freedom that many people have, and it offers a lot of opportunity around the world mm. for people to structure their lives and their careers in a completely mm. different way that mm. does not involve full-time employment. You Correct. know, one employer where it's like, I'm going to stay there my entire life. That's That, that ship sailed. That's kind of gone mm. for most people around the world. Mm. There is much more freedom. And so that trend towards freedom is now completely within the C-suite as well. Mm. When I used to say this, you know, 20 years ago, you know, business friends looked at me like I was just crazy. Mm -hmm. I was insane. Like, sure, you can have operations around the world and a U.S. Mm -hmm. company, you know, can have their innovations center in in, in Delhi, but, mm -hmm. but, you know, not the C-suite. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's the C-suite too. Well said, well said. My next question to you is on the pandemic. And I've spoken to many, many leaders from around the world. And they say that probably the most difficult time for them as leaders has been the pandemic. They've had to keep their flock together. They've, got to, they've had to keep uh, the bottom lines uh, shored up. And they have to deliver to shareholders. What are your perspectives? I think the demands on leadership have never been higher. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if you if your organization was centralized within an office or a series of offices, mm. then you could feel as the leader, at least you had that, you know, what Stephen Covey, the author of Seven mm. Habits, he called mm. personal span of control. And so you could have this sense of personal relationship and 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 
And you could rely on that and build trust between people mm. because you could see each other and know what you were working on. And so, uh, you know, that the new trend of remote work, uh, work from home from wherever accelerated because mm. of the pandemic mm. and, and increased the demands on leadership. Mm. It is interesting though, because there's research coming out that people that feel more of a sense of freedom and agency over their own work tend to feel more connected mm. and more in alignment with corporate mission mm. as that freedom goes up, even if they're remote. Mm. And so the feeling you know, that we can all have as leaders is I need my entire team together. But the reality is that for a lot of, of, of workers, mm. they feel more of the sense of connection if they could be remote. Mm. And there's even evidence that there's higher productivity. Correct with that so okay. it's counterintuitive hmm. and this makes this makes for a great challenge and if i can throw out one other thing ash mm -hmm. uh this thing holding up a phone yeah. mm -hmm. you know you know one of the greatest epidemics in the world is distraction hmm. distraction it is that we are we're getting our dopamine rush from our phone 200 mm -hmm. times a day and if you want to if you want to do something that's going to stop your deep thinking you know your ability as a leader to to collect yourself and 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 to have these quiet moments mm. to to think more broadly and and to do that well the enemy there is distraction for you and your entire team mm. fascinating so robert i have time for two more questions uh, my next question to you is on culture you know you live in an incredibly diverse culturally diverse country and you were just telling me that you know, when uh, you started looking for people from Interim execs, you got requests from 50 different countries. Now, companies have different cultures, societies have different cultures, countries have different cultures. My question to you is, how does culture impact leadership? You're reminding me, Ash, of Peter Drucker's famous line, culture eats strategy Absolutely. for breakfast. <laughs> yes. uh, we, we have a related, uh, we have a related uh, thing we said from the book we did called How They Did It, which mm -hmm. was a series of Q&A interviews with champion company founders, which mm -hmm. is that attitude attitude trumps skill all day long. Mm -hmm. Your attitude is far more important. Culture is, to your point, um, vitally important. I will tell you one thing that, you know, among what we call strategist leadership style, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. strategist is a leader of complex or large organization. It is one of the dominant things on their minds, which mm. is culture. But it was interesting to learn that most strategist leaders, they do not view culture as a set in stone thing within an organization. Mm -hmm. that, that a number of those leaders would like take it on as mission mm. that they had an ability to influence that. Mm. That's interesting because you think that in any organization where there's more than a couple people, mm. there's an ethos. There is a culture and that it can be molded. One of the other words those leaders use a lot is cadence. Mm. And that in organizations, there's there's this heartbeat, there's this syncopation, there's Correct. a heartbeat to the board of directors, mm. there is a heartbeat to the marketing department, to mm. operations, to finance. Mm. And that it is incumbent on these leaders to think about how are you quickening the pace, mm. the cadence of this organization. Mm. The overall answer I'd have in culture though is, is that like for what we do with interim execs, 
you have to be incredibly sensitive to that. Mm. And ultimately, it does not matter. It does not matter what level of skill you are bringing in in terms of leadership. Mm. Chemistry and culture is far more important. And that is beyond uh, my, my humble abilities or humble team to figure out. All you can do is set the table. Well said. For that and, and let everyone decide. Well said. Thank you. What a great response. And my last question to you, Robert, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your incredible journey, your deep understanding of people, leadership, companies, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your own journey and from our conversation? It's a great question. Uh, we had a quote in the book, Ash, uh, just because you have a song to sing mm -hmm. doesn't mean you don't have to learn how to sing it. Mm -hmm. And so I'd encourage your listeners on their career journeys to take take moments where you listen to this, you know, the, the still small voice in you, mm -hmm. which is telling you one thing over another. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think of decisions you make in, in your career, think of that word decision. Decision comes from Latin, which is to kill off. Mm. Right. And so so in cultures around the world, we hear this phrase FOMO, mm. fear of missing out. Correct. Well, the opposite is that your career, it's going to be unique to you and, and that, that in your journey, you're going to be enough for it. Mm. But you have to be able to listen. You have to have time to listen to figure out why it is choice A over B or C mm. over D. Mm -hmm. And and if you can do that more and more, you gain more confidence mm -hmm. on the journey. And, and with more self-knowledge, you're having more authentic conversations with the people mm -hmm. around you. And that's going to cause you more success and more success for your team. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. And on that note, Robert, uh, and your amazing words, uh, which, which one, and one of the things I picked up was listen to the small voice inside you. Because, you know, it's almost like listen to your own conscious before you decide to, to do anything. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your own incredible journey about interim execs. I mean, I think you picked up something uh, which was a need and created interim execs well before the world even thought about it. Thank you for talking to me about the, your rapid executive development program. Thank you also for talking to me about your book, Right Leader, Right Time, Discover Your Leadership Style for a Winning Career in Company. Thank you for talking to me about your FABS Leadership Assessment Program. You know, what I liked was your example you gave me about the fixer, the artist, the builder, and the strategist. Uh, thank you also for talking to me at such length about culture. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you, Ash. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.